Hello, listener, and welcome to the 12th episode of What's It Like To? Episode 12 features Pepe Sanchez, and I ask him, what's it like to be a Cerbador? Not sure what a Cerbador is or does? Fret not. We go into detail on what the role is and how it came to be, as well as the history of Cerbadors and how that works in modern society. We go into what Yerba Mate is and how it brings people together, and so much more. It was fascinating to learn about something I knew very little about, but how much of a huge part of the culture it is in Central and Southern America. So, without further ado, here's the 12th episode of What's It Like To? So, Pepe Sanchez, what's it like to be a Sebador? Well, it's uh, a beautiful gift. Um, it's, for me, a honor to be able to share uh, something that's been shared for many generations and centuries in South America. Um, for those who don't know, Salvador is somebody who serves Yerba Mate and holds space for the circle of this plant called Yerba Mate that's uh, traditionally and ceremoniously shared amongst friends and family on a daily basis for many millions of South Americans in Paraguay and Argentina and Southern Brazil, um, Uruguay as well. And what's it like is heartwarming to be able to see the smiles and um, just the light in people when I explain what it is that we're doing here in this contraption of green plant in a funky looking pumpkin plant. And um, it's really nice to just hold space and create conversations. That's what, on a very basic level, a Sevalor is. So there's, there's a lot of layers there, obviously. Yeah. Um, first, I mean, you're sitting here in front of me. Can you give a brief description of what it is that's that's on the table here that you're drinking out of? Yeah, so it's um, a pumpkin-looking plant that uh, is hollowed out, and it has a metal straw that has a filter at the bottom, and that's called a bombilla. And the vessel, which, which translates to mate, is uh, made out of wood. It can be made out of glass. Uh, it can be made out of a cup. It, uh, as long as it's holding the yerba, which is the, the plant itself called yerba mate, and you insert the bombilla, you can have this ceremonial and um, it's shared. One person holds the water, in this case a thermos, and makes sure that the water is not too hot, not too cold, that the flavor is coming out. They, they make sure to get all the little particles of the, the yerba mate plant and ensures that the circle doesn't have to worry about the temperature, the flow, 
So we're here in the spirit of service, um, first and foremost. And the ceremony and the circle begins with pouring a little cold water. And that's what awakens the plant. And then we introduce the hot water and find that balance. And we begin to share once we, the cebador gives it the thumbs up and says, okay, this is ready to be shared. I've taken the time to curate a smooth flowing yerba mate gourd for the enjoyment of the circle. So that's, that's what we have here and that's what we're partaking in. You've used the word ceremony a couple of times now. My association with the word ceremony is relating to a certain event or a certain uh, date on the calendar that would correspond with it. But from what I'm gathering is you're just sort of creating this ceremony wherever you go. And the ceremony is that you're sharing and gathering. Is that That is a very, very, uh, very good assessment. And I like to believe that every moment is worthy of a ceremony and the celebration of life. Every moment can be a ceremony if we so choose. So for me, I utilize the metaphor of sharing this plant and this circle and this ritual um, as an opportunity to create connection within my friends, family, and community at large, so as to experience a moment of mindfulness that allows a person to get out of the routine and into a space of slowing down, and in doing so, create mindfulness, which some people call a ceremony, a ritual, um, gathering. Uh, it's interchangeable, but for me, it's it's a it's a real moment of creating mindfulness and, and a ceremony. I, I give it and pay it that respect. So it's not necessarily religious in nature. It sounds like it's more spiritual in nature. It's um, it's whatever you make out of it. it. It can be a spiritual experience. It can be for some. It's in South America. It's it's a ritual done religiously. Mm. Uh, so it's not a per se religion, but it's a religious ritual done every day at five o'clock. We get together with grandma at her house, we share a gourd, and then we have dinner. So that would be an interpretation and uh, a meaning that some folks give it. So to become a sabador, you know, can you speak a little bit about the importance of a sabador being present at every uh, uh, sharing or ceremony, and then how you became a sabador? Yeah. So there's there's definitely an importance to being mindful of not passing a gore that's going to burn this the person that you're passing it to, burn their mouth. Um, and also being aware of the flavor as it evolves. You want to change the position of the metal straw so that a new infusion of flavor can come out. And 
being present to that and also not having one person hold on to the gourd for 10 minutes and kind of letting the energy of the passing of the gourd drain. So being mindful to that is, is the, the duty and the job of a cebador, being aware. And anybody really could become a cebador. And I like to believe that everybody in their own right is a cebador if your intention is to serve and start and initiate. So, cebar um, literally translate, translates into brew, but it also is a starter. Cebador is a, also tr translates to being a starter. So a cebador starts the conversation, starts the circle, starts uh, the moment. And when we look at leaders, that's what in essence they do. So I like to believe that anybody can be a cebador and initiate and start. So it's typically associated with the sharing of yerba mate and we're using this plant and ceremony and circle and gathering to celebrate others in the community. Can you describe what it tastes like and the effect it has on the body? Yeah, so yerba mate is uh, an adaptogenic plant. And what that basically means is that it uh, supports different people in different ways. For me personally, it calms me down. It brings my shoulders down. I'm able to relax. I'm able to just calm, create a sense of peace. For others, it really gets them going energetically. Um, and it, the real beautiful reason for that is because yerba mate has caffeine, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, theobromine, tryptophan, um, which are mood enhancers and muscle relaxers as well. So for me, the yerba mate really relaxes me. For others, it really gets them going. And the flavor profile, I would describe it as earthy, similar to a strong green tea, um, not tannic. So the longer you brew it, the stronger the flavor will be, but not to the astringent tannic levels of a long brewed green tea, for example. Um, the, the yerba mate I use is uh, Guayaquil yerba mate, and the reason being is because it's shade grown. And what that means is that it's grown within the ecosystem, within its natural ecosystem. And the way I would describe that metaphorically is if you were to stand out in the sun all day, you'd still be alive, but you would not have the same degree of vitality as if you were to stand beneath the shade of a tree. And that's what I'm drinking here, shade-grown yerba mate. A lot of other yerba mates are sun-grown and they have pesticides and fertilizers to compensate for being out in the sun all day which is not its natural environment. 
has the role of a Sevador changed uh, throughout time, or has it always sort of been the same uh, starter, you know, service kind of position? That's a really beautiful question, and um, I always like to share the story of the native Guarani community when they first encountered the Spanish um, explorers in Paraguay. And what, what took place back then was what takes place today, an offer to share and hold space for um, two different people to get together and exchange this beverage called Yerba Mate. So what ended up happening was that the Spanish literally took off their armor and dropped their swords and received the offering of drinking yerba mate. And the Guarani community shared it in the spirit of reciprocity, the giving, the receiving, and in that exchange, returning to ethos and higher spirit, um, a sense of goodwill. So the rule has always been the same. I'm here to serve. What can I do to be of value and of service to you? And it's traditionally seen as a symbol of friendship, hospitality, community that uh, brings people together of diverse backgrounds on a level playing field. So the role of being a salador is has never changed. It's always been, I'm here to serve and take care of my friends and family and have strangers become friends by the end of uh, a gourd we're sharing. So was there a salador in your life, you know, since, since your childhood? Um, and who was that? So... No, I actually was first introduced to Yerba Mate on the doorsteps of a Parisian hostel. And I saw two lovely Argentine women speaking Spanish, and uh, I noticed that they were drinking out of this vessel. And because I speak Spanish, I was in in Paris, in a foreign country, so I longed for having a sense of familiarity and connection. So I spoke to them and they welcomed me and said hello and they offered me a gourd. And as you can imagine, I had never seen this and I noticed that they poured water and they drank from it. Then they poured some more water and they said, it's it's what we drink in our country and it's kind of like a tea, and I, at that moment, felt a sense of trust, and I accepted the gourd, I drank from it, it had a, a slight bitter, earthy flavor profile to it, and um, the conversation just went to a whole nother level, and that was my very first encounter with a gourd and the ceremony, and, and I just felt connected to these completely stranger, complete strangers. And we concluded our conversation. They went their way, I went mine. i never seen them again. Fast forward to uh, Los Angeles, 
where I was living and I live. And um, I was introduced to a gentleman by the name of Don Miguel, whom uh, was sharing at an event that I was speaking at around um, sustainable uh, living and uh, agriculture. And I approached uh, the bar where they were sharing this hot beverage on a cold winter day and I just became very curious and the same exact hospitality and ceremony was shared in the same exact way and and I recalled that moment and I felt that feeling of trust and familiarity I can't describe it any other way and um, hospitality and uh, that was my first encounter with the Yuba Mate Gord in the United States. And uh, thereafter, I, I shared another gourd and was able to feel the full effect after having an entire gourd. And ever since then, I said, this is something that I want to continue to share with my community and introduce to people. Because I was able to literally physiologically feel a sense of connection and uh, well-being that uh, I hadn't experienced before. And I'm very caffeine sensitive, so I never experienced the jitters, that jolt. I just felt really good, calm, focused, alert, and it sustained me throughout, throughout that entire day. So... That was my first encounter with the gourd that uh, just really awakened me and, and opened up my my heart to say, this is what I want to do. What were you doing at the time? I was working at a social enterprise um, co-working space. So my inspiration was to find people that wanted to do good with their skill set and talent in, in the community. So I, have, I went to college at uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and I, I went there knowing that I wanted to apply my life to do something that would make the world a better place. And it was in the world of business. So I wanted to learn how conventional business was done and then go into the world to support creating a new paradigm that was actually going to give back to uh, people on the planet using business. Uh, I, I saw too many nonprofits do great work, but always be strapped for cash. I knew that was a broken model, so I wanted to go to college to figure out how to make money and give back, like the nonprofit. And create sustainability. So uh, that's where I was working, and I had invited uh, Don Miguel. Wanted to learn more about the business model that Guayaquil was introducing to the United States using this this plant and this business model. So you mentioned Guayaquil. Yes. Uh, I know that's the company you work for now. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with them and, and what their mission is? Yeah, so I got involved because um, of the mission to regenerate the rainforest and 
do so in a sustainable, profitable way with a business model that was market that is market driven. And what that basically means is that the more yerba mate we consume in the market, in the United States and around the world, the more we're able to drive the demand, in this case for shade-grown, sustainably harvested yerba mate that is grown in its natural environment. And we're working with the local native people that have been living on the, the in the rainforest on the land for centuries and creating systems that empower them to protect the forest and plant more trees so as to have more yerba mate grow and thus create sustainable and right livelihood. That's what drives my desire to continuously share the culture of yerba mate for the reasons that it's a symbol of friendship, hospitality, and peace above all else. And uh, using business for good versus the prevalent business model of extraction and a race to the bottom line to get the most out of people and the planet, which has a very dire cost on the environment and people. If we take a moment to yeah. pause and sip and savor a little yerba mate. Yeah. And, uh, what's beautiful is you take your time. Take your time to enjoy the full gourd until you hear the, the, the chortle. <laughs> the sound of satisfaction, peace. And then we pour a little bit more, pass the gourd. It was really nice when sharing is that uh, you don't say thank you until you're absolutely done. So what that creates is more mindfulness in being able to express gratitude through your way of being, through your eyes with a smile, and you pass it back to the celador, and that lets me know that you're ready to continuously receive. And I pass it to the next person. And until you say thank you to me, lets me know you're done. I don't want any more. I'm good until you request for more. So the, the, the circle, the ceremony is really beautiful in opening up your heart to receive, which is sometimes difficult to do. And it allows you, it, it invites you to tap into your feeling body and express gratitude versus having it be a transactional thank you. Because once you say thank you, that's a transaction completed. So Yerba Mate is about building relationships. A relationship that ebbs and flows, just like a gourd. 
And, and I also will add that there's no wrong way to prepare a gourd. There's no wrong way to serve a gourd. So long as your intention is to create that space of friendship, of hospitality. So Guayaquil, their mission is to save the rainforest, and they sell a Yerba drink as a means to achieve that goal. Correct. So beyond, and I'll also add, it's also to generate uh, a thousand living wages by the tw- by the year 2020. So our, our complete mission is 200,000 acres of rainforest and 1,000 living wage jobs in uh, by 2020 in the South Atlantic rainforest. And our way to do so is through educating our communities. Uh, about the yerba mate plant, its benefits, and the importance of shade-grown organic yerba mate that's sustainably harvested. And it was originally introduced in the traditional ceremonial way with a gourd and the metal straw and brewed in a coffee machine in a French press and you know, shared with a little coconut creamer, a little milk, and made made to serve um, mate lattes. So it's a great segue to introducing this culture to the United States and the rest of the world. Um, what we have now also done is introduced yerba mate in bottles and in cans, which is a mar- far more convenient format for the American and international consumer that they can understand. And what that has led to is people really being excited about consuming an alternative to coffee and energy drinks that they feel mentally focused, alert, good, healthy, and without all the side effects usually associated with other stimulants out there. Because yerba mate is made out of a green plant, it's really easy on your digestive system, it's alkalinic. So there are a lot of health benefits, and I can dive very deep into uh, the culture and further nutrition, but um, we always encourage people to pay attention to how it makes you feel and let that be the ultimate guide. And um, that's what's supporting the business model that we call the market-driven restoration business model. So you could be a servidor anywhere. Theoretically, you could walk up to people on the street, and I assume you do, you know, uh, approach people and invite them. But why align yourself with Guayaquil, and what does that do for your mission? So my mission is to uh, support world peace and reduce world hunger using yerba mate culture and biodynamic farming principles. When I took a step back and looked at where I came from, how I was raised and where I grew up and uh, experiencing the disconnection and experiencing the devastation of 
farming that that comes from industrial farming and just the cruelty in, in a lot of regards around how we treat earth I've chosen to pursue a life path that allows me to do something about that and I've chosen Guayaquil and, and chosen Yerba Mate to have this be my vehicle and my method and my way to be a change maker, a social activist from a place of peace and solution. I'm very passionate about being in contribution in this very specific way using this culture and this plant and this business model that I have personally found resonates with my life and support others in their own unique way. Show that there are options, that there is hope, that there is another way. Thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast. My pleasure. It's been... Um, a great honor, and I'm very happy to have been uh, a guest on your show. Look forward to uh, many more. Well, that's it, the 12th episode of What's It Like To? Thank you so much to Pepe Sanchez for joining me, and of course to you, the listener, for checking out the podcast. Be sure to follow What's It Like To? on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram to stay updated on everything related to the podcast. Also, I've created an email address, and it's wiltpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in questions, comments, opinions, anything you're feeling. I love hearing from you. And for all future episodes, I'll announce via social media who my guest will be beforehand, and I'll ask you to email me questions. Send in a question, and I'll announce who it's from on the podcast. As this is December 3rd, as of recording, this will be the last episode of the year for 2017. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened for one episode or for all 12, and we'll see you in 2018 with plenty more episodes. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope to be filling up your earbuds again very soon.